lead her every day, living for messy action. This is the Lifestyle Leadership Podcast for women who want to be the best version of themselves while making an impact. And who are willing to take messy, imperfect action to get there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Dr. Tay. And we are here to guide and empower you to lead yourself every day. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, y'all, we are back for another episode, and today we have Katie Rollins on. Y'all, go follow her on Instagram. Her handle is tagged in the show notes, but she shares so much goodness, but what we're going to really dive into is money mindset today. So Jordan, any like quick takeaways that you're like, oh, make sure to tune into this? Yeah. I mean, it was an eye-opening episode for me because I didn't have a ton of context before. And I also am in the middle of like a money thing where I need money focus. I need money mindset. I would just say that really open your mind when you listen to this, because not a lot of us, I feel like have a mindset around money or know what our beliefs and values are around money. So use this as an opportunity to maybe explore that as an area of your life that you can, you know, start incorporating a mindset around. She has some great tips, not only about money, but just about leadership, motherhood, business life, and just your mindset in general. So I know that you're going to take something awesome away from the episode. Yeah. And I think I know there, I can predict some of you want to hit pause and be like, oh gosh, I don't talk about money. This is your little like nudge to keep listening because there's just so much goodness in this episode. Just as a reminder, anything shared on our episodes are not clinical advice. Please talk to a qualified mental health professional if you are needing more support. All right, y'all, we are so excited to have another guest on the podcast today. Katie Rollins is here. We are going to talk primarily all things money mindset. So let's kick us off, Katie, and have you just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I I was creeping around on your Instagram last week and you guys are doing good work out here and you've had oh. really, really awesome speakers. So I'm honored that you had me come on here. I was like, this oh, is awesome. But thank you. you. You know, everyone's like, introduce yourself and like, do you guys have an introduction for yourselves? Because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do. So I, I live out in Kentucky. I'm married, have two boys. I grew up in New York. My husband like grew up in the woods of Florida were polar opposites. Um, One thing that the two of us actually had in common when we met, probably the only thing that we had in common, which I'm excited for us to even chat a little bit more about today, is we both came from family backgrounds of high, 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 high stress and anxiety around money and finances. So we kind of had this like you're funny. You're funny. Oh, you're really stressed out about life. You're stressed out about life. And we kind of came together and went from there. So pretty cool. We got to do some pretty cool stuff before we had kids. We kind of lived like gypsies for a while and traveled state to state for construction jobs he had. And then eventually um, we settled down after I got pregnant with our first son. A really cool thing about the moving all over the placing is in the process of all that, the only way I was able to actually keep up with any of the friends I was making, working in different restaurants and stuff like that, was through social media. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I found myself, you know, after we had had our oldest son living in North Carolina with a, with a grown up job that I hated and, you know, didn't really have a lot of connections because I was a busy working mom, but I had made all these friendships over the years 
and kept up with them through social media. So that was kind of my beginning to awareness that social media is like a really, really great, great place that you can create community and friendships and connections. And so that was where I kind of was paying attention to over the years as I was like, I like being here. I love being able to connect with people. And also what's a way that I can maybe pay our bills by doing that. So in that discovery, that was when kind of you know, social selling, attraction marketing, affiliate marketing, all that was born for me. And it's been something that I'm really grateful I had my eyes open to because that's, that is now 100% how we have maintained our living. And it's something that has definitely given me tons of opportunity to have lots of learning lessons around my um, discomfort with money, my discomfort with abundance, attracting a lot more of it, figuring out how to keep it and knowing I sh- I'm worthy of having it. And so that's really what's led us to here. And I'm really excited to chat more about that today. Love that. And I love that you just call it discomfort around money because I'm sure there are people listening right now that are like, so are you guys going to really talk about money? Yes, we are really going to talk about money because this is something that affects all of our lives. And just because we choose not to talk about it doesn't make it not there. I mean, we can bury our heads in the sand. My mom always used to say like ostriches. I don't know where she got that, that phrase. Like we can do that, but it's not going to change the situation around you. So let's talk about it. I'm so excited to dive into this. So let's dive into the money mindset. What is that? And why is that important? Sure. Um, so it's funny because Taylor, you set this up perfectly because it's funny the the discomfort. Like I like to think of just us because this is a very relatable topic. If you're listening to this, you've got a functioning human body. Like we have this vessel that is taking us place to place, day to day. Um, and we do a lot of things without thinking of the fact that it's functioning and running the show for us. The only time we get to really pay attention to wait, my vessel is like not actually doing what it's supposed to do right now is when we're sick or when we're in pain or where there's some kind of symptom of something that's kind of alerting us like, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. And we tend to do something about that when we notice that if we're getting sick or if we have an injury. But interestingly enough, the money discomfort is a symptom of a lot deeper rooted things that we are battling in our subconscious mind and our conscious mind all day long, every single day. But depending, I don't know if it's generational. For me, a lot of it was generational. Sometimes it's just, you know, our own self-esteem things that that we have just become, like we've accepted as completely normal and okay for us to just live with really uncomfortable symptoms of our relationship with money. And the problem with that, the challenge with that is that if you go long enough without addressing it, your norm is just to always be uncomfortable with money. So even in the event that you have more of it, you don't even know what to do with it. And you can either manifest reasons why it needs to leave. You can very, very clearly expect that you're never going to have any extra money. But then with that, you have more frustration or discomfort around money. It's just this like nonstop cycle of being unhappy, being scared of losing money, and then holding on to anything that you have, knowing that at some point it's going to leave you anyway. And then you live your entire freaking life just scared of having money. And it doesn't seem like it's a big deal because we're used to it. It's something that like day to day, we've grown up with it. And we've heard our parents say different things about money that like my father was, I love the man, still probably one of the least abundant mindset people I've ever known in my entire life. Like we just recently did a fundraiser for my son and he found out that half of the the funds from that fundraiser were going to go to the company that was hosting it because it was like selling a product. And he was like, Katie, I'm going to mail you a check because I absolutely will not participate in something where half the money is not going to go to exactly what I need it to go to. And I'm like, 
I'm like, Dad, but this is how they're doing the fundraiser. He's like, won't do it, not doing it. And I was just like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, old man. It just is. That just okay. is. But it's just like we have these things in us that we don't realize are running our show and how we feel about money. And so it's more than a mindset. Because you can, I personally think you can change your mindset about things pretty simply. But when we have deep rooted things written into our DNA about how we feel about them, that's that's more of like it takes a little bit more unpacking, I think, to get over to the other side of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what's so unique about this is we talk about mindset a lot and these barriers and these maybe even generational um, mindset limitations, but I don't know that I've ever really sat and thought nor talked about it in the sense of money. So it's so accurate and probably something that we all could use even more education and awareness on. I'd love to back up a little because you talked about the generational aspect of this. So you've had a huge shift in your finances over the years. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looked like and the key changes over the years for you when it comes to money and this money mindset? Sure. I'd love to, because it's, it, it, for the record, this is a work in progress every single day. Yeah. Still, I don't know that anyone ever completely like becomes this enlightened being that they just are like, oh, all the money's mine. It just flows to me endlessly. And I never have any weird little things that I got to clean up. When I mentioned about Chuck and I meeting and having a lot of money issues to begin with and in who we were as people, like back, back then, and it's not even that far back. I mean, we're talking seven years, eight years, maybe. I remember when we would go shopping and we'd be at Walmart clothes shopping or something like that. And like picking up the Hanes socks and being like, that's 30 cents more than the Walmart brand. Like who even does that? Put it down, get the cheaper ones, little things like that. You're like, I'm saving money. I'm saving money, blah, blah, blah. but it's the money mindset in itself. That was something that was like very eye-opening now looking back at it. And I'm like the biggest aversion I had to spending anything extra that would even make me feel even remotely close to better about myself, even if it was the Hanes brand, that's the issue. And so over the years, when we when I came into the position to be able to actually start making a lot of money, not enough to start covering like, you know, the higher per pound price on pork chops at the grocery store, but like money to like overflowing everywhere, things came to a head pretty quickly because it challenged every single thing that I had with, written within me. And I had people that I was starting to have in my orbit now who had been around larger amounts of money for a long time. And so I'm grateful for that. And that's why it does kind of matter who you're listening to. It's not say that you got to go find a bunch of wealthy people to hang out with and make friends with, but like, who are you listening to from personal development? Who are you listening to from people that you've positioned as mentors in your life? If there are people that have very, very limited, scarce feelings and energy around money, we are absorbing that regardless of if you know you're absorbing that or digesting that content from them or not, you are. And so I had been surrounded by a lot of people who had been around larger amounts of money for a good amount of time by that point when it was happening to me um, through the company I was working with. And little things, they started to call me out on the smallest little things like booking a flight, trying to find a flight, like inconveniencing myself to the absolute max. I'd have to get up at 3.30 in the morning to get to the airport at six because that flight was $30 less than the one that left two hours earlier. And they were calling me out. They're like, why are you doing that? Spend 50, spend a hundred dollars more, sit in the thing where you can stretch your legs out and people aren't farting on you. Like book the more expensive flight. What are you doing? And I'm like, but why? And they're like, why wouldn't you? You can do it. And it's like even just $30 more, $50 more, all of those little things like being pushed up against the edge of having to really actually shine light on the things that don't feel good. 
is something that most people will avoid for as long as they physically can. But it got to the point where, and this is where, you know, we can have like a law of attraction conversation or we can have a, you know, subconscious programming conversation here. But the end of the day, what you're telling yourself about money and how much it does not want to be around you is ultimately what we're going to continue to see proof of. And it is as simple as even if you are pushing up against the discomfort, doing the smaller things like spending a little bit more on a more expensive flight or on the the thing that you want to buy at the grocery store that's not for sa- not on sale at that moment. Like it was the little things like that that I had to start doing in the beginning to make it okay to wear. And this is like, I hope numbers don't blow anyone out when I start talking about this, but writing like quarterly tax payment checks that are six figures four times a year, couldn't do that stuff mm-hmm. when I was still in a position that I was trying to justify why I should take the 4am flight because there's $40 less. So it's like, it was important to me to have these conversations because there was absolutely no way that I would ever be able to like unlock another level or even hold on to what was happening to me if I wasn't able to get comfortable sitting with more money. And that's the thing that a lot of people are doing because it's just, it's what we know to do. It's easier. And I think, you know, convenience has a value in and of itself, you know, and that's kind of what you're describing in some ways, whether that's taking a later flight or, you know, having a better quality pork chop, that type of thing. (laughs) I mean, that has value, yet we tend to undervalue that. And I think that is something that's so fascinating. And so I I feel like for people listening to this, it's still easy to kind of argue with that because they're in such the like cerebral level of being like, well, well, why wouldn't I, you know, save that money? Right. And this type of work, like a lot of relationships, it's funny. I think we could take the word money out of this and talk about like so many different relationships. They take deep work. It's not just switching up some of your language on that mindset level to be like, I love money. I am abundant Mm -hmm. in money. There's so much deeper work and we really got to dig into the trenches of our thoughts and what created those thoughts and what those thought patterns are and what's going to sabotage us and then how we're feeling and being able to pull in all of this. And a lot of it comes down to, too, learning to embrace the discomfort. And I just think this is such an important topic and there's so much depth to be had. And it starts now, right? You're talking about writing six-figure quarterly checks and I'm like, hell yes. Like, (laughs) I love that. And for the majority of people, it's like your journey started way before that, right? To be able to write those six-figure quarterly checks. And so even if you're not in that realm of finances, like it starts right now. I'll tell you exactly how to start it too. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but you said the perfect thing, how this is a relationship. And I will, I cannot take credit for any of this. These are things that I have learned. I had to literally do my absolute most to work on money mindset years and years ago when I wanted to figure out how to even start making more of it. And it starts with those little things, but there's two different thought processes here. One, this was so helpful for me. If you can take the money portion out of this, like the number on the screen staring back at you or the physical cash that's in your wallet or any of that. If you are able to, instead of looking at that as that's the body of it, but like give it an actual body as if you were in a physical relationship with it. Like how are you actually treating money? What do you think about it? 
what do you love about it? What do you hate about it? And if you were in a relationship with actual money, if that if you wake up and that that thousand dollar bill is laying in the bed next to you, are you looking at it with just the warmest, most like, I just love you. And anywhere you go today, I know that you're going to come back and you've got like the coolest friends and you're probably going to bring them over later too. There's always, always more of you guys around. I trust you. Like you just, you make my life better by being here. And we don't have to talk about a thousand dollar bill. We could talk about a single dollar bill here. Like if you look at a single dollar with just like the heart eye emojis and all that, it's the littlest shifts like that. And I'm going to give you some tactical things that you could do too that we can start getting more comfortable around thinking about money with. Because the the thing, the knee-jerk thing that majority of people do, and this is just a fact, is instead they're rolling over and they're looking at the dollar bill, this hot, sexy dollar bill laying in their bed, and they're just like, oh, it's just you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. I wish that there was like 47 more of you in here. Or like, wait, they get up to go to the kitchen. They're like, wait, where are you going? You can't leave. They leave to go to work for the day. Like, no, don't leave. Don't leave me. I don't know if you're going to come back. Like, yes. it's the clingiest yuckiest, mostly like no one wants to date that version of us, but we're expecting that if we treat money like that, it's going to continue to come back. And money is an energy. It's a currency. It's, it's a vibration. It's literally a tool that's here to support us. It's not an actual person, but the reality is, is like how we respond to it in this relationship says everything about how it responds back to us. And like, you can find the proof of that if you want to. Like if you are someone that is laser focused, every single cent that goes out of your checking or bank or credit card, you're digesting and you're pointing fingers and you you see $10 went out on something. So you go and cancel the Hulu subscription immediately because you're stressed out about that $10 instead of trusting $10 is going to come back. It's going to be okay. There's more of that. Like these are all telltale signs of like, okay, okay, I'm I'm the abusive, terrible one in this relationship. And that's not a bad thing because I can see this. I can recognize that I can work on it, but I have to start here. I have to stop pretending that I'm in a healthy relationship and I'm not abusing the absolute hell out of my partner here because that partner, which is money, feels it. And it, this may sound childish and silly, but I needed to actually look at how I was treating this thing that I wanted so much more of in my life. And realizing that I was like the absolute worst partner for it to be with. And there was nothing I was doing to celebrate it showing up in my life ever because I was just afraid of it leaving me all day long. Like no no boyfriend, girlfriend, anyone who you love, no one would stick around for that. So why would I expect money to? Yeah. And what is coming to mind right now is imagine being in that like physical relationship, yeah. that type of relationship. Run for the hills. With another human, either they're running for the hills or it's going to be like a serious conversation of we need to engage in couples therapy. We need to work yeah. on our relationship. And isn't that interesting? Like we don't do that with money. A lot of times we just keep avoiding, but yeah. like you need to have that therapy for your money and like mm -hmm. dive in and actually work on this. Yep. For sure. This is so interesting to me because it you're coming from this place of like, okay, mindset of abundance. Money's not going to be gone forever. Look at things also like an investment, a trade-off, like Taylor's talked a lot about convenience has a price. So how would you advise someone to balance with the opposite, right? Because my heart is almost, and my challenge, I guess I should say, is almost on the opposite spectrum. I'm like, 
book the flight. I don't care if it's $3,000 more dollars, you know, mm-hmm. almost to a detriment. And that's something that my husband and I have really taken. Like I've worked since I was 15. I've never had to say no. You know, I've always been like, I make my own money. I'll spend it how I like. Well, boom, reality hits when you have daycare payments and husbands that are entrepreneurs and two kids. Right. So what would you advise someone? You know, I'm so curious to balance that mindset of have abundance. Don't be scared of this. And the boundary aspect of that as well. Yeah, it comes down still to the appreciation and celebration of it as a whole. And this is where we're not talking four figures, six figures, any of that. We're talking about the simple fact, like, do you remember, okay, seriously, do you remember when you were younger and like for your birthday, someone mails you a card and you open it and it's a $5 bill and you're a kid and you're (laughs) physically holding, like, I don't know. And this is the thing. I love this digital world, but we can be very disconnected from actual cash. Okay. This is, that's a great point. A lot of people are not going to see this recording or maybe they will. I don't know, but I do this on purpose. I have to have cash with me. I have to physically put my hands on money. Really? Even if it's $3, I need to remember how it felt as a seven-year-old opening up a card and holding a $5 bill and what that made me feel like. And I do this still. So like at a grocery store, when I'm checking out and you have the option for cash back, I do whatever the smallest amount is. Because for one, if something, if the universe is saying, would you like cash back? You have to say yes. Don't say no. You're telling it you don't want cash. So I'm like, yes, I do. And then they give me a $20 bill or whatever, $10 bill, and it goes my wallet. And I don't even necessarily always spend it. It's convenient to have cash every now and then. But what it does is it reconnects me with that actual appreciation of having money in my hand. So little things like this, this is where, and Amanda Francis is an incredible resource for money. I don't know if you guys have ever heard or done any of her work. Amanda Francis on Instagram, she's like, she's the money queen is what they call her. But I've learned through a lot of her stuff that the actual money celebrating part is not this like weird ritualistic, like all hail Illuminati money. It's literally seeing the money that's in front of you and taking the moment to see it. Mm -hmm. Like when we walk, I do this every single, like it happens all the time and I still do it. But as a small kid, if you were in your driveway and you saw a quarter on the floor or a dime on the floor, what would you do? You would pick it up. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh my God, look. So when I still see coins around, when I get a rebate check from my insurance company for $4, I open that thing up and you would think it's got $400,000 on the check. It's $4. I'm like, Chuck, look, money follows us everywhere. And it's like an actual thing that we do, like high five all the time, but it's slowing it down because that's the thing, like spend the $3,000 on the flight and do it. But it's still the slowing down, appreciating that that $3,000 is supporting you to do like something you really, really want to do. It doesn't matter how much money we're making, little amounts, big amounts, looking at the little amounts as exactly what they were to us way back before being an adult, just kind of shit all over the excitement that we had around money. Like you can tap back into it because it's already in us. That's muscle memory. That's stuff that we have. And the more that you are having fun and experiencing money, when you find a gift card that falls out of a old person. It's got $7 to target. Don't throw that in the garbage. I used to throw those things in the garbage. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, (laughs) I don't even care what you do with it, Yeah, but you got to stop and be like, what? Okay. I don't know why this $7 just jumped up in front of me. Hello. I love you too. Put it in a pocket, give it to your neighbor. Who's a seven-year-old girl and see how she responds to that $7. 
you know, Target thing. When we get these coupon books in the mail out, do you guys get like nonstop coupon books? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't mean that you need to open it up and now go get window treatments and all these things that they're doing, but like recognize that an envelope full of, if you added up all the money you would save from every single one of those coupons in there, you could save a, you could have a hundred thousand dollars more in your bank account. If you went and shopped at every single one of those places using every single one of those coupons, hundred thousand dollars that you would have saved, that would have been overflow to you just because, and it mailed, it came to you for literally no reason because, because money loves you. It's little stuff like that. Like make it fun, make it a game, see how many different places you can see when someone buys you a coffee. I have no idea why, but I just made a surplus of $3 today, not having to buy a coffee because my friend just showed up with coffee today. But like, it can be fun like that. Cause that's the thing is the more fun you're having with your relationship with money in those smaller things, it also makes it a lot easier for when you do get opportunities for investing to not say no to it or to it's okay. Like those, I'll go back to those tax payments. I had to train my body to be excited to get in the car, to go write those checks and drop them off at my account. And I got to the point where Every single time I'd pull up to his office, I literally feel like excitement in my body now. But that was something I had to do intentionally. I would on the drive there talk about like all the cool things that happened with money that week, even before it was really, you know, what it ended up being. But it's like, it's the slowing down, seeing it, appreciating it, like, and it gets to the point where it's fun and it's so celebratory that your body stops having such a panic, fear, anxious response. Or on the other end of the spectrum, like you said, Jordan, you can literally actually really, really celebrate doing those things that you, I don't know, like, it's not that you don't pay attention to it when you're doing it, but it's like anything else. Like we're never super, super, we don't express a ton of gratitude towards Uh something until we realize it may not be there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if if you get really conscious of doing it now, not only can you secure it being there all the time, but it just ups your joy anyway in whatever you're about to do. And for the record, because we are going to show this video clip of her pulling out money, but Katie (laughs) literally pulled out her wallet, had all this cash, you know, and it's amazing to see how, how much value is in that. And also for the record, when Katie talked about throwing away the $7 gift card, Jordan totally raised her hand. So you guys couldn't see that. Yeah, That's like probably something I would do. Like when I get the $4 checks, I'm like, uh, this is stupid. I'm going to throw it away. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine like, but I wouldn't throw $4 away. Like mm-hmm. if it came in an envelope. So this whole idea that you've kind of opened up in my brain and I'm sure many other people's too, about like, do we disregard the value of what we do and what we have and what we can achieve because it's all a digital number on a screen and not a tangible something that we can hold. That's so interesting. Yeah. I don't know that it's like, we don't value as much. It's just so easy to be disconnected from it. Yes. I mean, it's easy to be disconnected. Like you can have friendships and connections on your social media in your inbox. The second you have, I mean, I do it sometimes I'm messaging and then I start seeing they reply and I I cl- click out. Cause I'm like, I gotta, I don't want to get too much into a conversation right too now, but it's literally, it. <laughs> it's turning it off like that. It's just a disconnection mm-hmm. that digital stuff does to us. I don't think it's bad, but it's just something around money. We just see numbers coming and going and we don't have an actual tie to that unless it goes in a direction that we don't want to go in. And that's right. when you're just really experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of, you know, we talk about celebrating wins a lot. It's the same thing. Like you have to be able to celebrate the small things, feel the joy from the small things in order then eventually to feel the joy from those big moments. And I think sometimes too, we're so conditioned to just be like, 
Okay, great, right? With those small things that it even shows up when we hit those really big financial milestones. It's like, okay, that's yeah. cool, right? And we're suppressing our joy. But what what you're really describing is leaning into that joy. It is not bragging either. So I'd love for you actually to touch on that because I hear this and this is stuff that I work through with people is like, but isn't celebrating my wins bragging? So how does that apply in the context of money? This may not be like the deep answer that you're looking for, but I did a whole, I, I spent the better part of 20, no, I spent the better part of 35 years feeling like when I saw someone celebrating something that was going on with them, I did the, think that they were bragging. And that was because I didn't see any way that those good things would ever happen for me. And I reached a point where I realized that just wasn't helping me. It just wasn't working for me anymore. So I'm like, you know what? If I celebrate right now that there's a dot, like if I I have not put it on my stories yet, yesterday, a real estate company sent us an envelope with a flyer in it and it had a dollar. That thing's going on my stories today or tomorrow. I just have too much on there right now. But like, it's okay if not everyone gets behind it. There are people that are behind it. And honestly, it's not for other people. It's for, it's for you. So it's just one of those things like I get it like it's a lot easier and this is why it really is important to just be aware and cognizant of what you're listening to who you're plugged in with the people that are celebrating the people that are doing absolutely nothing to celebrate if your circle only complains and bitches you're going to only complain and bitch about thing if they're only talking about money stress you're going to only see money stress like I'm not saying abandon your friends and family that think that that's bragging, but you have to seek out people, podcasts, books, courses, anything, consume free content around it. So you don't feel like you're nuts or you're being weird by being excited about something good that's happening for you, sp specifically around money. Because where I lived in this in this world where maybe the person listening to this is living in this world where they don't actually understand that there are millions and millions and millions and millions of people that get a dollar that show up in the mail and are freaking amped and celebrating it. I didn't come up with this. I've learned this. I've heard this from an entire world of wealthy ass people who had to get behind being excited about the small little financial wins and sitting in that celebration for as long as they humanly can, because you anchor it into your body to feel good, to expect more. And the more that you're anchoring that stuff in, the less room is available for the things that you don't want to feel anymore. That's just how it works. You can't hold gratitude and resentment toward things in the same place. You just can't. The scale tips and then it's really, really hard to not recognize when you're tipping back in the way that you don't want. And it's it's a slippery slope when you don't have anything in place to support you. And if you don't have anyone or anything in your place, it's time to not worry so much about the people that aren't supporting you and make it a mission to go seek out resources, people, circles, communities, whatever that do. Because eventually that the other stuff is just noise that starts to just not, you just don't hear it anymore. It's like, it's a cliche thing, but I'm like, I don't take opinions from people whose lives I wouldn't want. Yeah. Why on earth would I? I don't care what someone thinks of something I post talking that I'm excited about. Why on earth would I care what they think? If they're not celebrating it, they don't appreciate that. So I do appreciate it. So it's like we just have completely like it's like someone saying, sorry, that I'm really going off here. But like I heard this analogy recently, like if I said, Taylor, I love your blue hair. Your your blue hair is awesome. And you're looking at me like I don't have blue hair. But no, I love your blue hair. Like I'm trying to convince you that your hair is blue right now. You'd be like, she's been drinking. Like, what is she talking about? Right. But it's like, 
if people don't actually want to believe or be excited or whatever, or just trying to convince you that you have blue hair and you know that you don't have blue hair, stop giving them the power <laughs> of thinking that they are okay to assume that you have blue hair. Just ignore it. Be like, that person's yeah. nuts. I'm going to go focus over here. And maybe it's a little bit deeper than I thought, but it's really just like at some point you just have to realize that like whatever you're focusing on more is what you're going to continue getting. And if if you want to stop having things that make you feel negative, stop worrying about the people that only see the negative. Yeah. You got to start caring more about the others. <laughs> it's just so much better. Like, like tomorrow we can all get hit by like not not all of us collectively, but like we can end this podcast and I get my car and I die. Like literally it's a reality. It's something that can actually happen. The the first half of my last day on earth, I spent here being really, really happy talking about money, not not being stressed, not worrying about. It. And for the record right now in my life, I'm currently making less money than I was a year or two ago. It's all good. It's okay. We're all good. Everything's okay. Like continuing to see proof that everything will be okay and will continue to grow and that you are supported somehow, somewhere. Like that's the stuff that matters. Being stressed out about the littlest things is not right. the things that like you want to fill your last half day on earth with. So yeah. it's like, get weird and celebrate the little things, even if it feels silly at first, because like living a joyful life full of celebration and good things surrounded by other people who are excited to have higher level conversations is what we're supposed to actually That's do it. Here. That's it right Sorry. there. I'm just yeah. like, blah, blah, blah. no, it's good. <laughs> I literally posted about that on Facebook today. That's something I'm walking through is like realizing that joy can't be circumstantial. You know, it can't be situational. And while that could look like so many different things, it also can definitely apply to finances. So when you take away the fact that your joy is tied to a number and just be focused on that abundance and gratitude, I totally connect with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And joy, I, I say this a lot. Joy lives in the present moment. It is the only place that joy can live. Joy cannot live in the future. We convince ourselves thinking I'm going to feel joyful when, and maybe it's when I make this certain amount of money, but joy only lives right here and right now. And so we yeah. got to create that in this moment. Have you ever heard Allie Reeves? Yeah. You know, so Allie was, I don't yeah, I don't think she did it on a podcast. She said something not that, or no, I, it was one of her courses I had, but she's like, we're always like, I want more money. I need more money. I want more money. She's like, God is literally observing how you're handling what you've got. And you think God's going to give you more with how you're responding right now to what you have. And I was like, Good. and I'm like, but I promise I'll be, I'll be better with $2 million. She's like, God's looking at you like sister. I saw it happen when the unexpected $12 drafted from your bank account. You can't handle larger amounts of money. So mm -hmm. let's work on this instead right now. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's so good. We always think we know what we want, but it's like sometimes that struggle, we've talked about this before here. Sometimes that period of like, uh, is actually preparing you to get to like that next level. For sure. You know, it, I just think it's important, like, and we touched on it before, but it's something that it gets glazed over because we, the people in our life, the people that raise us, the people that we had elected as mentors to us, basically as children and teachers and coaches and all that stuff, like it's okay to love them for everything that they did instill in you and also accept and be completely okay with the fact that they did the best with what they had probably from who was raising them, their opinions around finances and money and stuff like that. And it doesn't mean that what they thought was wrong, but it can be wrong for you. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to love people where they're at and still know that like you, you're allowed and deserving to want more for yourself financially. And anything that maybe we have put in our back 
backpack is stuff that we're carrying with us all the time around like who it makes us if we're like someone that ends up having more money in our life or being excited to celebrate having more money or just celebrate us in general. Like if there's a belief or feeling that we may have about those kind of people that they are just people who are selfish or blah, 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 like look for the areas in these stories that it's actually not true. Like, it's just important, I think, to challenge where the thoughts we have, who they Mm -hmm. gave them to us. And like, ultimately, end of the day, is that the dead solid? There's no other way, no other way that this can be interpreted in a manner that's going to help me. And it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess that's that's it really. It's just important, I think, to to like dissect where our beliefs came Mm -hmm. from and say, is this ultimately true? Is this just something that I have been hearing since I was a kid, but I'm seeing proof that there's something completely otherwise that I could be experiencing? My dad isn't wrong for thinking these things he's living his life how he's living his life and I can want to operate differently and live a different life. And he's still my dad and did the best that he could with what he could for me. And giving yourself permission to unlearn, I think Mm -hmm. is the biggest gift we can give ourselves. It doesn't mean how we learned it before was wrong. It simply means that you want to do it different. So give yourself that permission to Mm -hmm. unlearn. Have you ever read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad? I'm staring like, at it. Literally on the window cell over there. I'm like that's exactly what that whole book is about. It's so good. I'm shocked I read it. My husband gave it to me. I was like, I want you to I'm shocked he read it to be honest. He didn't <laughs> read. But he's in construction and he got into flipping and we were we were like should we rent out our house? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, you should read this. And I was just like mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the thing about it is there's no shortage of resources to actually unlearn things that aren't serving you and reprogram yourself with things that would better serve you around money. Like there's just, you could, you can spend a hundred thousand dollars just buying the books on it alone. If you wanted, like there's so many things out there, luckily, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. I think that was so powerful. So helpful. I want to talk a little bit about your podcast, the Meaningful (laughs) Mess podcast and how that got started and like what's inspiring you to do it. Oh, friend. So the funny thing about this podcast is I still, I'm like, I was like, man, how do I describe my podcast? Cause I bet she probably will ask. And I'm like, I still don't fully know how to describe it. So let me explain what happened with the Meaningful Mess podcast. I've been on social media every day since 2014. Like I've just always shown up. I really, really love being there. And a strength of mine is writing. It always has been. And I can explain things in a way that for some reason people just enjoy the my perspective on things. So I've been told write a book and I've been told start a podcast for years and years and years. And I've always been like, I literally don't understand why they would want me to start a podcast. My brain spaces on words very often. And like, what the hell would I even talk about to have a podcast? Like, whatever. So a couple about three months ago, I was sitting in my car and I had just gotten a mammogram for the first time. And I was having like the funniest, just like th- rethinking the experience because the girl in there was making me laugh and it was so funny. And I was like, man, I was like, you know what? I didn't get a mammogram for so long because I thought it was going to hurt because that's what so many people told me. I was like, I got to talk about this. I need to like, I was like, is this something I train my team on to do something? Even if you think that it's, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could train it on that. But I'm like, I feel like this, this could be a message for more people. I'm like, go on your Instagram stories and just tell them there. And I was like, okay, I could do that. But like Instagram stories time out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast right now. And I downloaded the Yanker app (laughs) in the parking lot of the mammogram place. And I didn't have a name for it yet, 
But I literally just recorded my first episode in the parking lot in my car holding the thing in front of me, my phone, which by the way, these mics, they look super cool. Your iPhone will seriously record a podcast just as cleanly. But I did that and it didn't have a name. And I was like, what else am I going to talk about? And I'm not going to tell people I started this just yet because what if I don't stick with it? You tend to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, I think I'm going to do this. So I just continued to record episodes for about a week. And I had a little bank of episodes and I was like, okay, I'm going to drop this thing. So yeah. I know. And by the third episode, I realized that this the, the podcast was called The Meaningful Mess because I was like, I have a lot of meaning behind just about everything I do, but things are typically not sloppy, but I don't know what I'm doing next steps very often, but I'm going to just do it anyway. And I'm going to work, you know, I'll, I'll, what did they say that saying? Like find the wings on your way down, but you got to just jump because I had wanted to do a podcast but I just didn't have any of the stuff worked out in my right. brain. And I was like, I'm never going to do it if I don't do it. But let's start it right here, right now. So that's how the Meaningful Mess podcast was born. And it's been it's been live for three and a half months. And it's it's doing awesome. And I love it so, so much. And I realized podcasting is something that I I had put a lot of weird expectations around. I thought I'd have to get on here. And I don't know. I'm like, I'm not an expert of anything, but I love talking about everything. And I'm like, I don't have a niche, but I'm going to just talk to people who want to have higher level conversations about just living your life and feeling good day to day. Mm -hmm. And some days it's going to be about mindset. Some days it's going to be about money. Some days it's going to be about limiting beliefs. Other days it's going to be about the big distinction I had while I was getting a mammogram. Other days it's going to be about lessons through motherhood. Other days it's going to be about being married to a sweet redneck that I didn't expect to be. Like, it's just all this. Sorry. And I hope that's not like a derogatory term. I don't think it is. No, I am. Too. Okay, good. I was like, I was like, try Trust me, it's cool. Like I've eaten swamp cabbage. Like I, I'm basically now a redneck myself. But like I started this podcast and for me personally, it's been such an awesome outlet because I am introverted and that's why social media always worked really well for me because I can kind of come and go. I can, when I've got so much life to give, I go and give it. And then when I got to recharge and be alone and stare at a wall, that's what I do. And podcasting, it's like a really fun, easy way for me to get out there, connect with even more people, serve in a way that I know I'm supposed to be serving in this world and not worry about where it goes, how to get it there. I'm literally just, I record the episodes and for whatever reason, people are finding it and they're loving it and they're sharing it out. And that me like it literally feeds my soul in ways that I did not expect it would. It's the first thing I've ever really sat down and done without any strategy or plan that has been the most fun. And I can tell you it is because I'm having fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not worrying too much. I'm not figuring out analytics, analytics, even just us prepping for the podcast. Like I sit down and I hit record and I end it and it goes up. That's it. I don't do anything after that. And I'm like, whatever. I don't have an intro or an outro yet, but I think it's a great podcast and a lot of people do. So yeah, yeah it's it's been fun. The irony is we, I remember this because I've followed you on social media for a while. I think we launched our podcast the same week. Really? I think so. And the really ironic thing is with you having mess in your podcast title, our like tagline is about taking messy action. Yeah. That's actually how we started this podcast too. Yes. It's like 
we're just going to dive in and do it. And it's such a good reminder to people that you don't need all your T's crossed and your I's dotted to do something and then to have an impact, right? That's what leadership is all about is Mm -hmm. having that impact, but being willing to step into that role and have fun doing it. It's going to make the journey so much more enjoyable, successful, you know, fruitful, all of that. I love that. Like, and I love that there's so many different ways people experience the world because there are some people I know that like they thrive and they find so much joy out of having that plan. For me, mm-hmm. when I'm confused, I do nothing. And a confused mind does nothing in my world 100% of the time. So if I'm like, I got to figure out what this name is and like, do I have to make cover art? Do I have to hire that? What about an editor? What kind of mic? Like any of those things, that's partially part of the reason it didn't start for six years because mm-hmm. I just every now and then when I think about it, I'm like, uh, Uh, I'll figure that out another time. So yeah, that can apply to anything, Taylor, seriously, because like there's so many things people listening to this are thinking about and they're thinking that there has to be a plan in place before they jump. And the reality is, especially in leadership, you navigating something in so many different, you know, details and depths as you're doing it is going to make you such an incredible, effective leader for other people because you know exactly how it was done and you can even help them with avoiding certain things that you kind of experience unnecessarily. But if you didn't jump and do it, you would have never learned it anyway. So we also talk about leadership being showing up in your everyday life, right? And how leadership isn't like necessarily being in a boardroom or having a team you're leading, like being a mom is being a leader. And so I guess that is kind of our final question to you is, you know, how do you, I hate the word balance, but kind of balance it all. I mean, I know you're a mom, you're running a really successful business. I know you're taking on new endeavors. What are like some of your best tips for like high achieving women to be able to step into being their best selves? Yeah, I think, um, and again, it's, I'm being, I am a product of just all the things I listen to. And Allie Reeves, again, just said that, said this recently in a podcast episode, she said, it's more of a harmony and all of these things are not, yeah, you guys probably heard it and they're not fighting with each other. All of these things get to make up you. So it's not a matter of like, and I, I, and I was grateful for it because last night I was sitting on my couch and my oldest who is 11, I, I have a two-year-old and I snuggle Hunter a lot and we kind of joke around about it. I'm going to snuggle you. And I was pointing Hunter to Ben. I tell Charles, I'm like, you want me to snuggle you? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what? And I came downstairs and this kid who's literally as tall as my ears was like, yeah, snuggle me. We haven't done that forever. And I sat on the couch cradling this man child who wears size 10 in men's shoes like we used to do all the time. And you know what? I had I had no less than two hours of work planned for last night. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because he's going to be doing this. And Chuck is getting ready to do that. And instead it all I was like, it's all good because I'm going to go snuggle with this man child right now that I've wanted to do for the better part of like the last five years, but he got too cool. And it's just like, I'm not behind. I'm not missing anything. It's the presence. Like you're saying, Taylor, like I'm present in the moments and all of these things matter equally to me. Some days I'm doing more in one area that's filling my cup. And then other days I'm doing something else. And I mean, delegating things when there are things that can be done by other people and it's not exclusively me that has to has to do it like that is something I had to get really comfortable with doing, too, with done is better than perfect has to happen a lot of the time, too, because our most perfect work is 
not always the most effective work. Sometimes just the stuff that we did when we had it on our heart to do is going to be more effective anyway, I personally think. And yeah, it's it's one of those things like I, there, I personally don't have the answer because it is a minute by minute experience. And it's just, I think if anything, it's getting comfortable with being able to kind of be seaweed in the ocean and that you're going to be swaying all over the place. And at the end of the day, it's not that you're dropping the ball on things that are important. It's just establishing which balls are rubber when you drop them and which are glass. And you're never dropping those glass balls. There are a lot of balls that can bounce if you drop them and that it's okay. You can always pick it back up on the way back up is a visual I like to. Really good advice. You sharing that is so relatable, right? Because that's the thing is like, you are very successful and you still don't have it all figured out. None of us do. And and that's the thing. It ebbs and it flows. And one other thing I want to point out that's so ironic just to end the podcast is you talked about, you know, delegating, having other people do things. That usually involves paying people mm-hmm. to do things, right? Yeah. Which then comes back around to working on your mindset with money. It's literally, it's like the circle of life. Like it starts, I don't know what you got to work on first, but just pick one and start there. You got to delegate to free up some space in your mind to start making more money. And then you can pay that person you're paying to support you more. Sure. Do you need to work on the actual money stuff first? I don't know, but just start. Like literally it's, it's all going to feel uncomfortable and just know that that's normal and discomfort is often a, a symptom of something good to work on. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be doing it. It's every single person that has elevated their life to a level level that they wanted at one point went through levels of discomfort to do it. Moments, they're, mo- they're blips even. They're like blips on your entire timeline. So like it, you get to the other side of it regardless. So where can our listeners find you and connect with you before we go? Sure. So I I spend most of my time on Instagram. I just love it there. I love the behind the scenes of stories and just watching people's lives. So I'm on Instagram at katierollins.insta. And then my podcast is on Apple and Spotify. I think I'm on Amazon Music as well. And it's called The Meaningful Mess. And I try to, I drop an episode every week currently. I don't know if that will change, but right now that's where we're at. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for being on. This was such an awesome conversation and we can't wait for everybody to hear it. Thanks for having me, guys. We are almost done with this episode, but we want to leave you with tangible steps to apply this. We are all about taking messy action, and we would encourage you to embrace that with us. All right. So for this week's messy action, we're really honing in on the messy action part of this because we feel like after the the discussion with Katie and just talking about her Meaningful Mess podcast and the way that both of our podcasts came together Um, At the same time, you know, both of it was kind of like a, hey, we don't know what the strategy is here. We don't necessarily have a huge game plan, but let's put one foot in front of the other. So anything in your life, I mean, Katie mentioned specifically money. Like if you don't know where to start, just pick one thing, pick up one book, listen to one podcast. So whether it's money for you or it's something else, take that first step this week to engage in an opportunity that you maybe have been like sitting on the sidelines for because you didn't have it all figured out. So yeah, less thinking, more doing. We encourage you jump in, let us know what you're doing it, share it with us. We love being able to celebrate it because we also talked about celebrating the small amount of money um, in order to set you up to being able to celebrate the large amount of money coming in. The same thing is true with your action. Celebrate those small wins so it creates momentum and you're really able to lean into that process once you hit those big goals. We can't wait to hear what you guys thought about the episode. Make sure you give it a share and tag us so that 
that you can spread the wealth and ha, no pun intended, spread <laughs> the wealth and spread the knowledge. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye y'all. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. We love when you share your imperfect but impactful progress with us on social media. We've linked our Instagram leadher.everyday in the show notes so you can tag us. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. Hit subscribe to stay up to date. See you next time.